Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Debo Samuel exited the game on Sunday with what looked to be a serious knee injury. Now, during the game, word trickled out that it was an ankle injury, and after the game, Kyle Shanahan said it's an ankle injury, most likely a high ankle sprain. On Monday, the 49ers updated to say it's also an MCL sprain, but they expect him back in the regular season. That is amazing, and it's a testament to the composition of some of these guys who just, you know, you can always spot the future high-level football player when they're little kids because they can fall down and bang their head and bounce right up and everything's fine. Run into a wall and everything's fine. Stump, tumble down the steps and and everything's fine. You're just built different. And Debo Samuel is built different than the rest of us. He can take that hit. He can absorb that injury. And we can find out when the dust settles, he's going to be back at some point in the next month. That's amazing to me, and it's great news for the San Francisco 49ers because, obviously, if they, they need him, and they need to keep as many of their great players healthy as possible. They've got a cluster. You know, it's like the Rams have a cluster of really highly paid players that they need to keep on the field. The 49ers have a cluster of badasses that need to, they, they need to have enough of them healthy, and if enough of them are healthy, they are going to kick your ass. Yeah. And they need Debo Samuel to be one of those guys. It's Debo, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, right. Nick Bosa. Right. right. Who Fred, else am I missing? Fred, Fred, Warner. Fred Warner. Yeah, you're, you're getting under the most of it. You're right. Eric Armstead, right? Trent Williams. Yeah. You probably throw him in that group. You, you can be you can be without you can be without one or two maybe three. Right. You get to a critical mass and it all falls apart and you lose to the Falcons twenty eight to fourteen. Yeah. So uh, good news they'll have Debo Samuel back. I wouldn't. I mean, I I have a feeling because we're getting close to the point of the season, Chris, where it's like we may have some teams that have nothing to play for. Sure. And it's not just the Eagles be once that. they wrap up the one seed. Yeah. The 49ers could have the two seed nailed down right. before too long. Right. And, and what do you do? You, you don't put Debo Samuel back on the field until you get to single elimination if you have that luxury of locking in to a spot on the playoff tree. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're pretty locked, on, locked into the two or three spot no matter what here at this point. So uh, right. things are not going to – two or three. Right. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. And that's important because if they have to play the Vikings in the divisional round, you'd rather Minnesota have to come back sure. to Levi's Stadium and get their asses kicked than to go to Minnesota and kick their asses there. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're going to kick their asses either way if they cross paths, but you'd still rather play that game at home. <laughs> what a great Vikings fan you are. But, you're, you, you, I mean, you're – Am I wrong? No. no Am no, I wrong? I'm, no, Did no. I lie? You're not. You're not. You're, 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 you're right. You're right. I just – I like hearing it come out of your mouth. It's funnier that way. But I'm being objective. No. I, I, listen, I, I, I quick, quick point, quick yeah, point. Yeah. I got because I, you know I, I think some folks in Minnesota weren't thrilled yesterday that I wrote a story calling out Kirk Cousins for maybe putting a little too, a little too much stock in a t-shirt and hat game. Who gives a crap about the t-shirt and hat? Who cares? I made the point. Tom Brady, 
2020, he got mad when Devin White was upset he didn't get to the Pro Bowl. Why do you care about the Pro Bowl? He got mad at guys for crying in the locker room after they qualified for the Super Bowl. Right. We still got work to do, guys. Let's go. Forget about this. It doesn't. We're not happy to be there. We're not happy until we win it. So anyway, it's, 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 maybe the Vikings should be happy with T-shirt and hat because I think that's all they're getting this year, especially if they see the 49ers. Back to our original point. They're going to have Debo Samuel. That, and they're likely right. going to have Brock Purdy on Thursday night. Purdy's got this oblique injury, yeah. rib and oblique injuries. He, ha- he suffered it on the second drive of the game and played through it. That tells me you're not keeping this guy off the field on Thursday night. No, he did a lot of good things, certainly. You know, it's his left oblique, which is actually more annoying than the right oblique because, you know, the left oblique is the opposite oblique. That's the one that's pulling your body through after you've torqued back and cocked your arm to throw the football. So more times than not, when you hurt your oblique, it's the opposite oblique of the, the, the throwing arm because that's the one that really does all the work to, to let you throw the football. Um, so hopefully he's okay. And I'm sure it's sore, but it seems like they're hopeful. But the big thing is, and like you said, is just the, the fact that to know that Debo Samuel at least will be back by the playoffs. It's a shame because he looked – in that game, like with the first touchdown runner around the edge there, looked as he's been battling injuries for the last five, six, seven weeks. It looked as healthy as he had been the whole year. So then he hits that, and that stinks. But, hey, we know uh, they need him. And like you said, they kind of thrive off of their badasses. I mean, Debo Samuel leads the charge with the, the damn, you know, uh, boombox walking out of the locker room. Uh, so they really ride those personalities you named, and they set the attitude. And Debo's one of those guys that, uh, of course, not only does that, but a big part of the game plan is around him. And with Brock Purdy, of course, you want him and McCaffrey and Ayuk and Kittle all on the field because it gives Shanahan all these ways to make life pretty easy on Brock Purdy. But the biggest thing they dodge the bullet is, yeah, things look good. Brock Purdy looked good. And they need Debo Samuel because there there is a great team in the NFC. The, the, the Eagles are great, and it's going to take a great effort to beat them. And they need, they're going to need Debo Samuel and everybody else full steam ahead uh, if they do find the Eagles in a matchup in the playoff game. So that's, that's where it's good. It's a football fan and for the 49ers. I'm glad he's not done for the year. I mean, it really is starting to come into focus for me as to where this is going to go. I think the 49ers are going to be the two seed. They're going to face Lions or Packers or commanders or giants one of these teams maybe even the seahawks right and they're going to make quick work of them as the two seed the vikings are going to have their hands full with the six seed whoever it may be and it's going to be cowboys and winner of the nfc south and you know the 49ers will win two at home and go to philadelphia most likely and it's going to come down to the 49ers and the eagles for the nfc championship and anything other than that is going to be a surprise at this point but it feels like i mean to the extent that we appreciate and value good competitive football all the way until the final whistle, especially of the NFC championship game. I think 49ers Eagles is going to deliver most likely a great game. Cause I think the 49ers could go there and give them everything they can handle. Agreed. if not win the game. Chris, agreed, if agreed. they have their key players healthy. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. They're they're the, them and the Cowboys to me are the only two teams I really look at in the NFC to go, they got, you know, the playmakers and, and the guys that might be able to do it. And, and I do favor the 49ers a little bit more in that matchup than I do the Cowboys because, uh, one, hey, they're, they've proven to me they can win in the playoffs a little bit. The Cowboys are a little all over the place that way. And the 49ers, you know, unlike the Cowboys, hey, the defense is good for Dallas, but as we know, the one little flaw is they're small on that side of the ball. And we've seen here, just like last week, you got a big old line and you can run the ball a little bit. They're a little susceptible to that. that. That I don't think is going to be the case for the 49ers. The 49ers are, are the team in the NFC that up front is not going to be overmatched. They're maybe the only team in the NFC that won't be overmatched by the Philadelphia Eagles on both sides of the football. And, yeah, Mike, that's where I'm with you. I, I lean towards, you know, I think we're going to see that matchup as well to go to the Super Bowl. You, you've indulged me in my musings this far, thus far. We, we've we've taken a, a minor detour from what we're supposed to be talking about, but I'm fascinated by this because I'm thinking about the potential playoff permutations. So the, the most likely way it would play out, divisional round. Yeah. Cowboys at Eagles. Right. 
and somebody at 49ers, most likely the Vikings. Well, so okay. you're saying, so you so, think the Vikings uh, will win a game? Way to go! You're going to give the Vikings, if the Vikings a victory. Win, if the, right, right. <laughs> But there's an alternative. You're there's right. an alternative to that. Yes. And that would be like the Commanders beating the Vikings, right. being or, the lowest remaining right. seed, going to Philadelphia where they've already won. Yeah. So, see, that's that's And that would match up Cowboys and 49ers path. in divisional. Right. Exactly. Right. And then you could have Cowboys Commanders for the NFC Championship. You got 49ers Commanders, which would be... Sorry, Commanders. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch that. I'd find something else to do those three hours that that game is played. But I know anything can happen. But it's it's fascinating to think that on the path to 49ers Eagles, some crazy stuff can happen. So we can't rule out crazy stuff. And wouldn't it be something if the Commanders beat the Eagles again in Philadelphia, in the in the divisional round, if they would beat the Vikings? So there's a lot of chaos potential to come. We feel like it should end up being the 49ers and the Eagles when all said and done, but who knows. And uh, more likely for the 49ers to be one of the last teams standing if they can keep these guys healthy. And Purdy, I, as I said about Purdy, they're, they're not keeping him off the field on Thursday night. Yes, it's a short week. They're not keeping him off the field. He, he suffered that injury. We showed a play earlier. That wasn't when he was injured, but it surely didn't make it feel any better. Right. It was 3rd and 11, and he scrambled for a first down. It was a waste of play because Trent Williams was holding. Yep. That's when he did it, according to Kyle Shanahan. And he felt it on the very next play through a screen pass. That's when he felt it for the first time. But he, he toughed his way through it. That's what you do as a quarterback. You stay on the field. He put on all that effort to get on the field. He was going to have his day. And credit to him, he fought through the pain and the discomfort of the injury. And he'll do it on Thursday night. He is not going to blow this moment. Who would do it? When you're the guy that's the last player picked in the draft, you have extra motivation. That's, what, that's the one thing he's always going to have in common with Tom Brady. And a lot of guys, you know, sixth and seventh rounders, they have extra motivation. Not all of them have the talent to maximize it, but he's got the talent. Somehow this guy slipped through the cracks and ended up being the last player taken in the draft. And he's going to be determined and focused and motivated to play no matter what. Not just with this oblique, any injury he has. He, he, this is a guy who's going to answer the bell every chance he gets because everything he's doing now is more than anyone ever thought he would do and more than the teams out there who kept passing over him thought he could do. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, agreed, and, and they need him. I know, again, I know Josh Johnson's been around for a long time, but he's just getting a hold of this offense, and he's not going to be able to run it like Brock Purdy. And the way Brock Purdy played last week, and again, of course, the week before coming in the way he did, I mean, that gives us – it's given us the confidence to throw them back in the Super Bowl conversation to where you go, hey, he doesn't need to do a lot. If he just, you know, plays it the right way, you know, Shanahan will deliver a few tricks like we know. The defense is going to be awesome. And then, oh, boom, there's a double move with Christian McCaffrey. Oh, he hit it. He was open downfield. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really about that simple. And the 49ers for the second week in a row, they got the – the, the the real smash mouth ground game going a little bit to where that's when they become scary because then you everybody worries about, oh, crap, Shanahan's got the run game going, and then that's when he starts going, oh, yeah, keep piling them in there. I won't do anything. I'll keep running, and you keep piling in there, and all of a sudden it's reverses and screens and things flying everywhere. That's when the Niners become dangerous. So uh, I'm with you. Yeah, Brock Purdy, I'd be shocked to see him not – you know, fight through this and be playing on on Thursday night against the Seattle defense. We know that's not very, very good. Unfortunately, yeah, that that's one of those games. Some games look great when they're scheduled. Some games begin to take on that glow during the season, and then some games lose that glow as they approach. There was a point not that long ago, where like, hey, oh, yeah, man, a real good glow. Forty nine right. Seahawks can't wait Had for that gleam. one. Now it's like, well, well. Yeah. Well, uh, it was fun while it lasted for the Seattle Seahawks. Thanks for thanks for participating, Seahawks. Maybe next year. I, I hate to say that because I was kind of rooting for them to to have a playoff year in a year of transition. And I just believe in Pete Carroll. And I'm not ready to. They're not done yet. No, not giving up on him yet. No, they could they could have some tricks up their sleeve for Brock Purdy on Thursday night. All right, the Jets, another team that gave us a little bit of a of a positive surprise this year, and they've got a. Thursday night game coming up against the Jaguars and all of a sudden that game's becoming more interesting because of the Jaguars who are in striking distance in the AFC South. Mike White has that rib injury that caused him to go to the hospital for precautionary testing on Sunday. Here's Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets, updating the media yesterday on the status of Mike White and the all-important question, Chris, of who will play quarterback if for some reason Mike 
White can't. Here's Coach Sala. Well, I'm not going to get in the details. I know that what they saw was good enough for him to get back on the plane, and he passed all that stuff. He, he you know, just talking to him, he feels good. So he's, uh, um, again, we're just trying to let this kind of play out just to see how, I mean, he's still fresh off the game, so we'll see how things play out over today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Are you hopeful of having him Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, we're, we're preparing as if we have him. Robert, obviously, <clears throat> Mike's injury uh, put some spotlight on your number two quarterback. Is Zach ready for that, or do you plan to keep going status quo with Joe and Zach inactive? Zach's ready for everything, but at the same time, we're, I, I've still got to meet with the offensive staff and just kind of reevaluate, not reevaluate, but just make sure we finish the evaluation process and all that. So, again, that's another one with regards to the backup quarterback that I'll have answers for you guys on Wednesday. But he's he's Zach's Zach's fine. He's uh he's been working hard for the last couple of weeks. He's in a great head, uh, mental headspace, and uh, um, so he's he's ready for whatever we ask out of him. So here's my interpretation: They're concerned that Mike White's not going to be able to play, but they're not going to tell us anything until they have to. That's no. my first read on right. It. And Robert Sala has and they're no hopeful he does them. play. If your rib injury. If your rib injury is bad enough that you have to go to the hospital to get checked, and the reason that you would go to the hospital to get checked is to make sure that the rib isn't broken to the point where you have to worry about it physically breaking off from the cage and floating around inside of you. That would be an important reason. Also, make sure you don't have a punctured lung. But it's a serious injury, sufficiently serious to go to a hospital and get checked. So, okay, he's fine, right? He doesn't have some serious condition. He still got whatever it was that caused it to make sure that it didn't reach the level of serious condition. So I think they're concerned he's not going to be able to go. Now, Chris, this is the ultimate litmus test to me as to whether or not they still care about Zach Wilson and view him, care about him as part of their future, not care about him as a human, but or whether this is a guy they're still trying to work with long term. If they don't put him back on the field, if Mike White can't play, then they're just done with him, and the rest of it is aimed at maximizing their trade leverage. Am I wrong? No, no I don't. you're not wrong. You know, I mean, hey, Mike White did a good job uh, the other day. Played well, definitely. Um, and and you know, hopefully he can play, certainly. And I think, too, you know, they bring him to the hospital, Mike, with some of those type of hits and stuff, too. They, you know, hey, check his spleen. We see guys get lacerated kidneys at times with those type of hits as well. So maybe that was, you know, a little bit on the radar just to double-check that. But rib injury certainly uncomfortable for a quarterback. It's that same thing we were talking about a little bit with Brock Purdy. It's the, the torquing, the oblique muscles are all there, connected to the lower ribs, all that. So there's issues. But, um, Mike, I, to me, this is, this is one of the weirdest situations in football. Uh, it, it's quietly, to me, one of the biggest stories in the game right now. It's the number two pick of the draft, five and two. You know, they bring in the backup quarterback. They go one and two with them, and they can't find the end zone. And the team is like, he's the best. He's the greatest thing ever. It, 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 it's weird. I, it, yes. And then, of course, when you add on the players the way Garrett Wilson and some of the receivers talk, I mean, it, it makes it seem like, you know, the, the players don't love Zach Wilson. And then you add on the fact, Mike, that the Jets fans don't like Zach Wilson. And, and I'm not being, like, mean in that. I think I'm being kind and saying don't like. I get the word hate thrown to me a lot with Zach Wilson because people know where I had him ranked. And I, get, I, get, I got two Jet fans at the gym yesterday telling me I, I, I hate Zach Wilson. I, the Jet fans hate him. Like, so, <laughs> so they're, they're, they don't look but good. Why? And then why, they, why do they hate him? Well, I don't what did know. What do to them? It's a little bit of a, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't could, know. I can I offer one. I can offer, I can offer sure. one. I can offer one possibility, but I won't. I, 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 I'll tell you during the break. Okay. Well, damn. And anybody got, out there? <laughs> no, no, uh, no. But, no. but either way. So no, that, that's the way it, it's kind of gone that way. And it's weird. And. As you know, in the NFL and, and in certain cities, the perception becomes a reality. And if he doesn't play this week or if he isn't the backup, yeah, it's weird. And the whole league thinks it's weird. The Jets seem to be the only one that think this is okay. Everybody is looking at it going, this is a weird situation. And they're starting to go down a hole of where I don't know where you come back from it. I don't. And they're starting to put Zach Wilson in a position to where – I go, I don't know if you can overcome the way the team has made you look and the way the fan base and the WFAN reaction. I don't know if you can overcome it. I mean, that that's to me. You're getting to a point here where, like, 
I don't know. I'm going to say it. If I'm Zach Wilson, I don't know if I'd want to sit and stay with the Jets anymore. That, that's, that's all I'm going to say. It's very weird. I, I, it's, it's I, about as strange as I've ever seen a situation. And I can remember a top quarterback going 5-2, and two, having a really ugly game, saying no in a postgame press conference, and a whole city who wanted to turn on him already just totally turned on him, and then it seemed like players on the team did too. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this plays out. I think this is playing out toward them trading him after the season, and they're trying to do it as easily as possible without blowing their leverage. Because some of your best leverage when it comes to trading a player is, now we'll just keep him. We'll just keep him. Why would we trade him? And as Mike White emerges, they need to make him a backup. It, it becomes harder and harder to sell it. Right. It becomes harder to sell. Harder it. to sell it right. too when you he keep him under a guy. hoodie. Right. He's looking like the Gortons fisherman out there on the sidelines. Uh, nobody's going to believe you. Oh, oh, yeah, they love him. The organization still. loves him. You know, so that's where you know they, they've they've mismanaged the perception around him a little bit. And then, like I said, they let some too many players talk. I mean, Garrett Wilson took a low blow at him in training camp. Remember when he got hurt? And he was like, well, Joe Flacco throws a nicer ball. And he, he kind of made all these, like, took, like, underhanded shots uh, at Zach Wilson then, let alone some of the other things that had gone along. So that's where, I, 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 again, I, I've never seen a high pick be in a, kind of a spot like this. And uh, I don't know where it's going to go. What, what, what struck me, too, was it's not just the Jets players that are praising him now. I talked to Greg Russo of the Bills after the game on Sunday. The opponents see it. The opponents feel it. Right. Mike White. Right. So Mike White elevates. Zach Wilson is in this weird purgatory reset, yeah. double secret probation, timeout. It's not sustainable. It may be until the end of the season, but after that they're going to have to do something. And I think Zach Wilson is going to be on the move. And if they don't do it, he's going to ask for it. And probably they've convinced him to just don't, don't, you don't need to say anything. You don't need to ask for a trade. Your agent doesn't need to leak to anyone that you want out after the season. We'll accommodate you. We just want to get through this season. And there may be a time where we need you to play, and we, need, we just need to work together until the end of the season. I feel like that's where it's heading. Now, Chris, here's one for you. Don't look at your computer. Okay. Don't look at your computer yep. if you haven't. I don't right. know if you've seen it. No, don't I have not. Yesterday we saw the Cowboys, for all intents and purposes, have moved on from Odo Beckham Jr. and signed T.Y. Hilton. The Bills have added a receiver, and I want you to guess who the Bills have added. It's not OBJ. Who have the Bills added? I have no idea. No idea. I can't even. He used to play for the Bills. How about that? If I tell you who used to play for the Bills, will you get it? Well, that would just lead me to Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley. So that would be the guys I would think. Cole of. Beasley. Wow. Wow. Cole Beasley who wanted out, who was ready to go, who asked to be released from the Bills and got his wish right. and retired earlier this year. He was on the Buccaneers practice squad, called up to a couple of games and stepped away. He's coming back to the Bills for the stretch run. And, you know, not the same skill set as Odo Beckham Jr., but it's another body at the position. Uh, it, it may help, you know, give some options underneath to Josh Allen, and it just makes it feel like there's going to be no room at the end for OBJ. Yeah, it, it does. It, I feel like OBJ is is going down the path of, like, it's not going to happen for, any, for anybody this year. It's just the teams, they, they, they don't, like, oh, wait, you're going to show up right before the playoffs and play? There's no way. It's just too hard. And, again, we saw last year, it took a number of weeks to kind of, kind of get them indoctrinated into the offense and get them in the flow there. So I don't see that happening. Cole Beasley certainly fits a role, and we know he's great at that underneath slot type of stuff, but it speaks to a problem that we've talked about, Mike. It, I'm, I'm finally starting to hear it. That's the best part about it. Now, now, as I'm sitting there watching film on TV, all of a sudden now people are going, well, maybe the Bills' skill position guys aren't as good as we thought. You, no shit? I mean, what? No shit. I mean, duh. I mean, what the – what, what, what? I mean, Gabe Davis had one playoff game, and everybody has talked about him all year. Like, he's it's DeAndre Hopkins next to Stephon Diggs. Get out of here. The Bills are not – it's too Josh Allen-centric. It, it is, period. It's, hey, Josh, run. Hey, Josh, throw a laser. Hey, nobody's open. Scramble and then throw a laser. I, I just 
that that's they're missing they're dropping the ball in that department in my opinion and again I know they're going to be one of the final four in the AFC I get that but like they want to go to the Super Bowl and I don't know if this move makes me feel that much better or anything like that to where it puts them over the hump or makes me view them in a different way but you know what? I'd rather plug a guy back in who was very effective in that offense, yeah. who knows the offense, and doesn't have to go through that transition. I hear you there, yeah. Getting to know everyone right. in a compressed time frame. Because, look, the clock has run out on OBJ. It for seems like it. Anything. Right. And this attitude that he expressed last week, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. The Thursday night appearance on the alternate broadcast with LeBron James and Maverick Carter, and he says, I don't see the point of playing in the regular season. I just want to play in the postseason. Are you kidding me? Well, no, no teams don't think you. that. You right. Don't just walk th- you don't just walk through the door and say, here I am for the playoff game. Who are you? Oh, you're the quarterback. I, I mean, you don't know anyone. You don't know the offense. You know, the co- the- Here's what Ob- Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't understand. They got enough stuff to worry about the first week of the playoffs and trying to figure out how to break in OBJ. Yeah, right. That's for the last sure. few weeks of the regular season. Right, So exactly. forget about it. Forget right. it. We're done. You're not interested. We, we'll move on. It and seems here's like what's going to happen to him, Chris, as, we, as we're in this vicinity, and we're going to continue the conversation after the break. But he's going to put himself in a spot where he's going to have to take a one-year deal next year and prove that he can play and prove that he's healthy. No one's paying him $20 million when he hits – free agency in 2023 because I think what he's thinking now is screw it I don't need to play at all this year I'll just sign with a team in free agency I'll even get a head start because I don't have to wait till March no one's paying him what he's looking for until they see him play he's gonna have to do a one-year deal or a long-term deal that has a clear out for the team after one year so he can show that he can stay healthy that he can play at a high level he's on the wrong side of 30 as receivers go as any football player except a quarterback goes Mm -hmm. it's not good to be over 30 it's just it's it and and the problem is he's you know the players can be very delusional about it. They need to be so confident they're delusional. And I don't think anybody close to him is telling him this isn't the right play, Odell. But uh, the Bills I think have decided forget it. We're out. Cole Beasley's our guy. Let's go ahead and take a break though. When we return, the guy the Cowboys have pivoted to a surprise. No one heard it coming. No one saw it coming. T.Y. Hilton of the Cowboys. We'll see whether or not that makes a difference for Dallas in their Super Bowl push when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Cowboys announced yesterday that they have signed veteran receiver T.Y. Hilton. Here is head coach Mike McCarthy on the move and what it means for their chances of acquiring free agent receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, T.Y. is in today. So, I mean, it was a great addition. Um, obviously, he's been uh, working all year. So, he's in, um, you know, great great shape medically. So, you know, he had to work out. So, I'm looking forward to, you know, He's actually meeting with Robert Prince right now, so we'll, you know, biggest thing for him will be the language, which it, which it always is with a new opportunity. So, you know, we'll get, get him out there Wednesday and get him acclimated. But you know, as far as uh, you know, his his uh, addition really, you know, it, it, I don't, I really don't have anything to report on Odell. Yeah, they're done with Odell Beckham Jr. Although on Sunday, Jerry Jones perpetuated the ruse by saying. By no means are they out after what Beckham said on Thursday night. But part of it, too, may be being a little cagey, keeping it quiet, maintaining their pursuit of T.Y. Hilton off the radar. Nobody had any idea they were interested. And it's smart because if it starts to get out that people are interested, that the Cowboys are interested, maybe somebody else gets interested. And maybe you get yourself into a little bit of a of a tug of war for T.Y. Hilton. Although I I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. Last year... He played 10 games in Indianapolis, 23 catches, 331 yards, touchdowns. He missed time with a disc injury, a quad injury, and a concussion. He's had a lot of injuries. He was drafted the same year as Andrew Luck, 2012, by the Indianapolis Colts, and he has been a great player. Now, it's hard to 
to really stand out in Colts history when they've got the likes recently of Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. But T.Y. Hilton was pretty damn good. Yes, he in was. His day. He falls into that category of guys who, and we could start throwing out names. Oh, I know. It's like, oh, yeah, him. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah. So many great players that once they're gone, they're forgotten because the train keeps rolling right. and there's other great players that fill that void. But T.Y. Houghton was one of the very good players of the last decade. Definitely, definitely. I mean, a legend of the sport. He's probably not going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's a legend. I mean, he really is. And he's certainly a legend in the pantheon of you know Indianapolis Colts and what they did there. You're right. I mean, he was – Damn, him and Andrew Luck. I mean, that was a given there for a while. Sunday, we're you were gonna see big Andrew Luck, and oh, we're gonna drop back and oh, where's T.Y. They're gonna throw a big bomb to him. I mean, definitely, oh, dearest mother, he's open downfield. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, you know, I, I think where maybe you know it makes sense for the the Cowboys again, an, an insurance policy. He hasn't played all year. Hopefully, he's healthy, experienced guy. Who can kind of do all positions at the wide receiver position? You know, has enough speed. Looked like last year to still beat you deep. You couldn't just totally go away. Oh, he can't run by me. And then he's going to be able to do some of that stuff underneath too. Maybe that we talked about with T.Y. Hilton or uh, Cole Beasley, excuse me, with the Bills. And so I think it protects them a little bit. Uh, and then you know, again, I, I'm with you though. I don't see that being a an Odell Beckham Jr. destination when all said and done. And I don't see this being a huge game changer other than just kind of helps out the receiving core a little bit. Yeah, I, I feel like this is just there. Jerry said go find someone else, right? Jerry wants someone else. Jerry wants to give Odell Beckham Jr. a middle finger. He's sick of this crap. Let's go find someone else. Who else is out there? Um, T.Y. Hilton and Cole Beasley. Okay, get T.Y. Hilton. I mean, I just, <laughs> you know, is it Cole Beasley retired? Yes, he is until today. It's just odd. Now, who are the Giants going to bring back? Who are they going to sign? Who are they going to add to get out of there? They're the only ones left. Remember when I said last week, watch the Eagles? <laughs> the Eagles may be the only option left by the time it's all said and done Seriously. for Odell Beckham. But I really do think the ship has sailed for him in 2022. I think he knows deep down that he's not going to be able to play to his standard. So he's just looking – I think he was looking for a way to get that – I want that $20 million a year. I want Mike Williams' money. There were enough reports to that effect that makes me think, in his mind, if Mike Williams gets 20 I should get 20 But he's got different circumstances. Torn ACL, same knee, twice. They're not going to pay you for stuff you did in prior years with other teams. They're just not going to do it. They're not going to pay you because you bring some sizzle to the organization. They want to win games. Yeah. And they want to improve. And they're not going to, you know, what GM is going to justify to the owner of the team, especially if it blows up in everyone's face, if he tears another ACL, why we did what we did, especially on the heels of the Von Miller thing. Yeah. We talked about how Von Miller could have a chilling effect on the Bills in their pursuit of OBJ. It could have a chilling effect on everyone in their pursuit of OBJ. Because when you get those tough questions from ownership, now they have more ammunition. Well, we just saw what happened with Von Miller. They gave him all that money, and he tore an ACL. So why did we give this guy $20 million? You know, just, it's just it's not happening. It's a shame, too, because it would be exciting to have him on a team for the postseason. But, Chris, right now I'd be stunned if it happened. Yeah, I, w- I would be, too. It does. It, se- it seems like the, the ship has sailed from that. And, and, and again, too, to your, to your point with Odell, Hey, maybe you take that type of chance when he's 25 years old and he's in his prime. Sure, okay, you know. But but now, like you've said, it's on the wrong side of 30, and it's the second ACL injury. And even for Odell Beckham Jr., you know, to your point, like don't go out there and even show yourself if you're not 100. percent You you can't do that. You, then you're gonna make. Oh man, well it's it's gonna affect that next contract. So. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It doesn't seem like he's ready to go in time to be hitting on all cylinders and really help a team out either. So uh, we'll see where it goes, and we'll see. Cowboys, Bills, we know they're damn good. They're damn good. Uh, they could have used a weapon like that, but they're still going to be major players in the AFC and NFC playoffs. I agree with you, and uh, we need to take a break. There was one other point we are going to get to, but I don't want to – 
I don't want us to have to be hustling cool. to jam in the rest of the show. So this may be a point we'll address on a different day. It's not a huge thing. It's, it's not a tease for tune in later in the week. We want you to tune in later in the week, but not for that. When we return, we're going to take a look at the wild card races and we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season. We'll do that here on this Tuesday edition of PFT Live. Where are you at? What room are we in today? What's this? The grotto? What do we got working there? Where are we at right this morning? What is a grotto anyway? I don't it's even sure. It's such a cool word. Yeah. I don't know what a grotto is. I know. You're this right. Is... I only associate it with the Playboy Mansion. It's the only thing I've ever really heard it associated with. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's disturbing. That's as good as I've ever looked right there. Can we take that down, please? <laughs> Damn. I, I, that was uh, that was yeah that was interesting there. It's like they didn't totally show Photoshop your but, face on there. Too you had Hughes like cheekbones but, there. By the way, by the way, and I understand there were a lot of moving parts that morning because we had technical issues. But I do have one request. The next time we have to do that, could we please get a little closer on my face so folks can count my nose hairs? I th- I think I think that we we just they they were missing that for their breakfast that morning. I mean, my God! Well, wait, d- d- hey, th- hey, you, you're the that you one that away from you move your there. laptop back, you idiot! What they can't? So now, wait, <laughs> you're gonna be in West Virginia with your own studio when your own studio doesn't work. What you want somebody to fly down and move your laptop for you too? I mean, geez, high oh, maintenance over here. That. I don't. <laughs> I, my 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 technological capacity is very limited. That's true. Or move the chair back. I hey, Kristen, can you fly back. down real morning. quick and move the laptop back for me? I got a technical problem. Can somebody tell that dumbass to move his t- laptop back? That's all it would have taken. Hey, dumbass, move back your laptop. Oh man. All right. Uh, which doesn't belong and why? This Tuesday. It was last Tuesday where we had to scramble. This Tuesday we don't have to scramble so far. We're going to look at the teams fighting for the last two AFC wildcard spots. Which doesn't belong and why? The Dolphins, Chargers, Patriots, Jets. Which, I guess, two should go uh, take a seat because they're not going to make it. Well, why does it have to be two? It doesn't have to be two. It could still be one. Okay. Right? It could be one. All right. Okay. (laughs) Take one. Well, if you're not willing to get... Old takes exposed treatment by scratching two off prematurely. Not, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not yet. I'm not. I'm not going to. The only team I'm saying that doesn't belong is the Patriots. They don't belong. And why? It's easy. They're not that good. I, they're just not a, a legit playoff team for me, as we discussed kind of in the first hour. Let alone their schedule. It, it looks like they're going to lose the last three games of the year. That's, that's just what it looks like to me. Yeah, I expect them to lose to the Bengals, who were fighting for something. And I expect them to lose to the Dolphins, mm, depending on the weather. That could be a little scary because I, I don't know if I – I mean, the way Tua has looked lately, it's certainly easy to question what he's going to look like down the stretch here. I don't care what you say. It's been a great year. It's been really shaky. And then the Bills to end the season. So from that standpoint right there, I'm going to certainly single out the New England Patriots uh, in, in this conversation. And I, you know what? I thought we were and, – and then after that – I'm going to cancel out the Los Angeles Chargers, I think. That's the next one I'm going to go to. I'm going to ride with the Jets. Yeah. The Chargers are the ones that stand out to me, Chris. I look back at their season. They have not had a signature win, and that game on Sunday night was not a signature win. It was a a win against a team that's in the process of being exposed, and they've they built on what the 49ers did. You know, we're hearing about how they're being physical at the line of scrimmage with the Dolphins receivers. And I don't know if you've watched the film yet, but Not that they managed yet. to slow down the offense. Yes, they did. And they had enough healthy players. I mean, they slowed down the offense with some key defensive players out. And their own offense has their guys back. Justin Herbert getting the ball down the field. They need to just get the ball down the field even more. But I'm not ready to think that just because they beat the Dolphins on Sunday night, all of a sudden – they're going to run the table and stay in this hunt. I agree with you. I believe in the Jets, and I think that Mike McDaniel can do enough to hold it together for the Dolphins down the stretch. But it's, it's one of those, like, the car that's getting toward the end of the race and everything's starting to really vibrate and rattle and pieces are flying off. I feel like that's where the Dolphins are going to be, especially after Saturday night, because I just don't think it's going to be a good outcome for the Dolphins in Buffalo when they've already beaten the Bills in that 
in that uh, yeah. sauna of a day in South Florida. The Bills right. have been waiting for this opportunity yeah. to settle the score with the they Dolphins. Turn, they've so turned gonna, the thermostat down. Six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're going to be eight and six, and it's going to come down to the last three games. But I, I have more faith in the Dolphins and the Jets than I do in the Patriots and the Chargers right now. I do too. I just, and, and again, you know, the, the the Chargers like schedule is not overwhelming, right? I mean, I, but but yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. And then they are they've been a banged up football team. It was a valiant effort the last night, uh, the other night. I, I certainly will give them credit. They have played tough. You know, they went toe to toe with the Chiefs and. And the 49ers. But, yeah, there's just things about their team that, that scare me down the stretch. And then when you look at, like, the Jets and their schedule, hey, Lions is going to be tough this week and it'll be one of the marquee games of the weekend. But Jaguars, Seahawks, Dolphins after that, you know, certainly winnable games as the Jaguars and Seahawks are concerned. And that Dolphins game, it might come down to all of that right there. But I just have the teams themselves – I have more faith than, yeah, the Jets as a football team, the Dolphins. I just think they're more talented from top to bottom. And I think, you know, their schedules aren't the worst. The Patriots scare me and the Chargers. I just don't know what to expect. Chris, on that point. Yeah. What Robert Sala said after the game. Yeah. About seeing the Bills again. And it was one of those, like, did he really say that? And we, That's how kind of everybody processed it in real time. Like, is that what he's talking about? Or is he talking about they play him twice next year? Oh, no, wait, wait. He's saying, he's, he's saying we're getting to the playoffs and we're going to play the Bills again. And I thought back to the comment after week one where he said, go ahead and make all your insults, say whatever you want. We're going to keep receipts. Those are things he says from the podium to get through to his team and to inspire his team. Yeah. And I think he's got confidence. I do too. That he can get these guys pointed in the right direction to get them to the playoffs, regardless of the Mike White injury. I think he believes that this team is good enough to get there, and so I believe too. Jets and Dolphins in, Chargers Patriots out as of right now. Let's pivot to the NFC, which doesn't belong and why. Commanders, Giants, by the way, they meet on Sunday Night Football this week after tying a week and a half ago. Seahawks, Lions are the other Two. Those are the four contenders. Which doesn't belong and why? One or two or three, if you want. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go two here, and I messed up the first round. I don't know why. When I first looked at it, I thought we just had the AFC East teams on there. That's why I was saying that one thing there, but got to two. I'm getting to two here, too. I don't like the Giants and the Seahawks' chances. Again, I think we're seeing reality with the Giants, all right? And, you know, I, I know I've been saying that for the last few weeks, but they're just, they're not, a, a, they're not capable of overcoming any obstacles really once they turn over or get down by a certain amount of points it, it's scary that way you know and they they almost need the other team to mess up at some point too so I, I'm, I'm you know again I'm rooting for the Giants I'm, I'm hoping but in reality I don't think it's gonna get they're gonna get it done you know and, and with their schedule and then I look at the Seahawks and think the same thing if you're gonna make me ride with two teams here I look at the commanders and the Lions to be the teams that get in, you know. But but the, the it's just like the way they're playing makes me feel the best. Um, but that commander schedule does make makes you a little scary. It, it, it is a little scary there. But I, I'm not a believer in the Giants and the Seahawks. I'm going to cancel them out, Mike. I agree with you as it relates to the Giants. They are sinking like a proverbial stone. If they're ever going to turn it around, it's going to happen on Sunday night. This is the moment. This is it. This is a playoff game. Really, it's kind of like a an elimination game for both teams. Because I don't think there's any coming back from losing this one, whichever team loses it. It's going to be very difficult the final three weeks to do it. But I think the Seahawks, the, the magic has run out. And there's a team that I would have added to this mix because there's a team that's not among those four I that know. has a chance to be the seventh You said seed. it earlier, and I don't believe it. It's the Green it. Bay Packers. Yeah, I know you did, yeah. Packers-Lions, Week 18. Packers-Lions, Week 18. Winners in, losers out. It may come down to that, Chris. It could. It definitely could. Uh, it, it very well may. It, it's, it's, uh, let's see if they can kind of get on a hot streak here and, and make some waves here at Green Bay. Uh, but, but uh, you know, to this point, it's hard to get behind them. Um, they got some meat left on the bone in their schedule, too. But, yeah, I just tend to go Seattle, no chance. 49ers, right? Chiefs the week after that. I, don't, I see them losing both of those football games. And then they got the Jets after that, which I think is a tough matchup for them. So I, I look at that and just go, hey, great job, Seahawks, way to go. Giants, yeah, I just don't think they have the horses. So I look at the commanders and the defense, the way Heineke's playing. 
you know, as to be a team that you know, so can make a run. And they're playing pretty quality football. And the Lions, the defense has gotten better. It's not great, but it's not a, just a total disaster. And it's really one of the hottest offenses in football with a pretty favorable schedule. Um, so yeah, I, I like them. But I hear you. Green Bay's still lurking and with Rodgers and they're battle-tested and all that from previous years. They, they are scary still. Here's a fascinating dynamic to all of this, too. And will it creep into the minds of many players? I don't know. But it doesn't take many. It reminds me of having a conversation with the late Demarius Thomas after the 2014 season when it felt like we were going to see Broncos Patriots in the AFC Championship and the Broncos lost at home to the Colts. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Peyton Manning loses at home to the Colts right. in the divisional round, and that set the stage for the deflate gate game. So it was 24. Yeah, it was 2014. I already said 2014. I'm correcting myself for something I didn't screw up. I'm so used to screwing up. I'm correcting myself for things I didn't screw up. Anyway, Demarius Thomas said that there were guys in that locker room that did not want to go to New England. They didn't want to go because they just assumed they were going to go get their asses kicked. And guess what? They didn't have to go get their asses kicked. They lost to the Colts. I mention that because as this thing starts to crystallize, okay, Six seed gets to go to Minnesota and maybe win. Seven seed gets to go to San Francisco and gets stomped. I don't want to be the seventh seed. I'm fine. Just, well, why do I want to go out there and get the crap in that one extra game and we're going to lose 34 to 7? No thank you. Look at what they did to Tom Brady. No thank you. I don't want to be the seventh seed. If I can be the sixth seed, I don't want in at all. And, and now somebody's got to be the seventh seed. And for somebody, it's just like the, the, it's like for the Lions. It's good for the program to get to the playoffs, even if they get completely destroyed by the Lions or the 49ers, excuse me, the next week. But for some of those teams, that's, that's when it really starts to focus in on what it means to be the seventh seed. You get a ticket to San Francisco and an ass beating by the 49ers. There may be some guys that aren't interested. Is that nuts? Uh, a little, a little. Uh, but, uh, you know, All right, that's fine. Well, but I'm but I'm telling you, I'm giving you well, tangible evidence of it. The Demarius Thomas story is why I'm thinking of this. I I, I hear you. Uh, you know, I, I mean, the, that was the New England Patriots, and you know them and their lore and all that as well. And I think the other thing too is just that for the most part, I mean, minus Green Bay in this conversation, maybe Green Bay would have those type of thoughts, but the other teams are going to be like new to the party, so this is cool to them. They're not going to care. And this is the great thing about the NFL playoffs, too, that oh, people always forget. You know, the guy making you know, five, $600,000, that, that playoff check, that's, whoa, that's a nice little bump up from my year here. So that adds the incentive to the guys that are lower on the roster and that haven't had a, you know, a million-dollar paycheck in, in every game. So uh, there's that incentive, too. But, but I, I hear what you're saying. I get it. But you but, know what, though? Yeah. You know what, though? What? I think we've drilled down on it. I think I think the Packers are the one team that is going to be most susceptible. Aaron Rodgers and company. He's not going to be go, like, go oh, back to yeah, California gonna, yeah, yeah, and, right. and see what he saw what happened to Brady on his on his Sunday off. Brady went back to his home area and got embarrassed. And what maybe the last time he ever plays there, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to want any part of that. I wouldn't. No, I, I, I hear you. So, and, and then really they've given the us Packers. nothing at uh, this point. To make us think that they can make that run, uh, that to me is the the other thing too. I just I, I haven't seen enough evidence to sit here and go, oh, here they're going to write this ship. Hey, the Rams this weekend certainly maybe they can they can you know get that win, great. But you know, I, I haven't seen enough to sit here and think, oh, well they can go to Miami and play outplay them and do that. And of course, the Vikings. Hey, divisional games. We'll see where it goes. It's going to be tough. Lions are going to be tough, but it just doesn't seem like they have the fight or the magic about them this year to kind of squeak it, squeak in here. I think they'll beat the Vikings week seventeen. The other two games, I you think the everybody's going to beat the Vikings next Monday? Night. Anybody playing no, no, the, Vikings, the Vikings? You think they're? I think the Vikings. <laughs> the Vikings are going to get their T-shirt and hat this weekend against Jeff Saturday and company. They're going to get their T-shirt and hat just in time for Christmas, and then, and then that'll be it. It's just a matter of do they get the wild card round or do they get He's destroyed? He's a mean round. one, Speaking of Mr. Grinch. Teams, stop it. He doesn't teams like getting his team this time by of the year. 49ers. Tom Brady. We're going to talk about his future when PFT Live continues right after this. Yep. 
I think I already answered that yeah, a few weeks ago. Next question. Tom Brady, Whoa. when asked by reporters Whoa. on Sunday if he has any regrets. What? Whoa. What? Look at this guy over here. You got a problem? Well, I'm preparing myself. I'm preparing myself because we're talking about Tom Brady. And there's a chance that in our discussion about Tom Brady, things are going to become a little contentious, a little heated. So I want to be ready to do to you what Shannon Sharp did to Skip Bayless yesterday to show you that I'm truly upset. I'm going to take my glasses off. That was, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that clip. I did not. But that was quite, as fake debate shows go, that was as convincing of a fake debate as I've ever seen. But it got real when Shannon Sharp took his glasses off because that means Shannon Sharp was ready to rip Skip Bayless into a couple of pieces. So, uh, and so anyway, I've got these glasses. I'm telling you, they, these they're glasses not real. They're not here. Are they real? Do you use those? They're not real. No. Okay. Here's what happened. Yeah. Here's what happened. There was a, there was a, a bet years ago when we did the afternoon show, I think Brian Westbrook was part of it at the time. And the bet was something along the lines of if the Chiefs beat the Eagles or the Chiefs beat, I don't know what it was, but my end of it was I had to dress up like Andy Reid if, if my thing didn't come through. So I had to get the whole outfit. I've still got a, a Chiefs raincoat and I had a fake mustache and a Chiefs hat and the glasses. So these glasses have been sitting up here for eight years. And as I was watching the game last night, and there was a boring point, I was reflecting on the Shannon Sharp thing, and I thought, I got some glasses upstairs, so I'll use it when we talk about Tom Brady. So that's my, that's my premeditated nice bit. Way, way to go. Way to go. As genuine, as genuine as the debate we saw <laughs> yesterday between Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. All right. So uh, Tom Brady did not want to even go there when asked again if he had any regrets. Michael Silver of the San Francisco Chronicle spoke to him after the game. Guy didn't even shower after the game for the cross-country flight. I guess that's a way to ensure no one sits next to you on the plane. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't want to talk about the few. He's not thinking about possibly playing for the 49ers. He doesn't know whether or not it's the last time he ever plays on that field. I, I just... Chris, I go back and forth every week. I, I, I thought... A couple of weeks ago, he was definitely coming back for 2023. Now, I just really don't know. I don't know what to think at this point about Tom Brady, and he probably likes it that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see him coming back. I don't think there's any way. I really don't. Uh, and again, I know it's Tom Brady, and we never know. And I know there's people think that, well, his wife was the only reason, you know, or the only thing that was holding him back from wanting to play, and she's gone, so now he can do whatever. You know, but but – you know, from from what I've heard, he's told people about how rough the year has been, and he realizes he's handled some situations, you know, not the right way, and done some things that way. The way he's looked, right? I, I and and the fact that again, he's always said forty five. He's told people close to him for a long time it was forty five. So I, I just look at that, and then add on the fact of the way he's playing in general to where I, I, I just don't see it. I, I would be surprised to see Tom Brady back. I just think he's not going to say anything like that because he doesn't want to make it about him and make it some farewell tour here the last few weeks, which I do respect about him. But uh, I, I really don't expect to see Tom Brady in 2023. And you know what? There's another thing that's percolating around out there that nobody ever talks about. Nobody's going to ask him about it, but – this FTX collapse and the guy that's his good buddy, Sam Bankman-Fried, got arrested yesterday, and Brady's been sued for part of this notion that it's all one big pyramid scheme, et cetera, et cetera. That's, at some level, that's on his radar screen. This issue, this thing that he got sucked into as a brand ambassador and had equity and was, was promoting it, touting it on social media, he's got to have some of his mental energy wondering what the hell is going to happen with this. I'm not saying anything will. I'm just saying if I was him, I know I'd be laying asleep at night staring at the ceiling wondering what the, what the hell is going to happen with this whole crypto thing that everybody told me I should get into and I got into it in maybe too big of a way. So that's another thing that's just kind of out there. And I thought of that because it, the guy was arrested, his, his, his friend, his colleague, whatever you want to call the guy, the guy that founded the company was arrested yesterday and is going to be facing some serious charges as this whole company goes through bankruptcy. But, Chris, I, I, I watched video of him after the game 
out in the middle of the field, being very charitable, being very friendly, signing balls for 49ers players. The cynical view is he's just sucking up the future teammates. The other side of it is maybe the right assessment is he just he knows it's the last time he's playing on that field in, in like his home me. state, right. in that area where he grew up. Right. And he's going to enjoy it. Game didn't go the way he wanted, and he's going to enjoy it. He's not going to pout. He's not going to run to the locker room. He's not going to pull a Nick Foles and snub the opposing quarterback. He's going to go out there, and he's going to enjoy himself because, you know, he's, he's got his championships, and uh, these guys all want to come up to him and praise him. All these young players. When we were at the draft a few years ago, we would ask all the incoming players, who's the one guy that you want to play with or who's the guy that you're going to be in awe of? And Tom Brady was a name that came up far more often than any other. Right. And you could hear it. These guys, what these guys are saying, and they're they're in awe of him. Sure, it's 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 you know it's living legend that that they're out on a football field with. They got a ton of respect for him, and he was soaking it up a little bit, and he's he's got every right to. Yeah, I I feel like it. And and listen to to me again. You know, he the the play is slipping. It's still not bad, and can he still be a starting quarterback? Yeah, but we it needs to be the right formula as we see. He's not going to carry a team that's less than or has some flaws and go, oh, Brady's going to make up for it there. And then, honestly, Mike, in some ways, I think the family issue really almost puts more pressure on him to to quit. And, you know, hey, when when you're married and things are good, hey, you know the wife's at home taking care of the kids and all of that. Now you legitimately have to make time and figure things out to to spend time. I I don't know. It just seems like the year. Well, no, it's a good. Here's here's the point. Here's the point. You come off looking like the bad parent if you continue to be selfish and play football. You know, for a little bit. The extent that you're concerned about those appearances, and a lot of people are, right? The whole thing happened because Tommy can't give up his football career, and now his marriage is over, so he doesn't have that magnet from her pulling him off the field. But he's got these kids, and is he being a good dad? No, he moved all the way across the country to California to play for the 49ers. Now that's the point we didn't even make. I don't think they, I don't think they're going to want him again, even if he wants to go back there. They got something in Brock Purdy. They got something maybe in Trey Lance. Yeah, there's not going to be a spot for Tom Brady next year in San Francisco. I don't expect it. I don't. And you know, and, and by all due respect, too, you know, I, I you know, I, I don't want to see Brady play a year and not be Brady. And we're kind of, you know, we're having moments of that this year where we're getting to that. I don't know where we just go. What? How did he miss that throw? Well, wait. Well, why did he? Why did he throw the ball so quick? The pocket was fine. There was a guy. There just you know. There's some of that. You know, the other day. I mean, of course, jumpy and people around him and just losing control of the football. I I I, I don't want to see Tom Brady look like that. You know, and it, and it's not going to look better next year. It'll only look worse. So um yeah from that standpoint too of a guy that has great respect for him and the things he's done I, I don't want to see him in that state on the football field either also short term I'm curious to see what the injury report says on Wednesday because on a follow-through on Sunday he smacked his yeah he did pretty good right the helmet of a 49ers player mm-hmm. and he downplayed it as he always does first question on Sunday how's your hand it's fine I'm all right it's fine like I don't want to talk about it and so they have to talk about it Wednesday Thursday Friday we'll see what the injury report says when we return it's the return of the goats in a bad way. Draft. Whoa, we went from First the goats to the goats in a bad way. I really like it. Yeah. Goats in a bad way coming up. I'm going to put my glasses on. Oh, there we go. And, and you're the Grinch. Get why. ready. I will never wear glasses. I will never one. wear glasses because of this look right here. Yeah. We'll back with you went from host to, right to like, I'm looking like a scary serial killer now with those glasses on. I'm not sure Jerry what Lewis. to think. <laughs> hey, lady. You do a little Get a little bit, yeah. All right, see that. Let's go to break. Go to break. It doesn't look like an offense that's not good enough to win the Super Bowl right now. Okay. <laughs> that is. That, I saw that yesterday. That is the most awkward, stupid thing I've heard a reporter do ever. Like making he's making sta- he's making clarifications now. <laughs> Follow away. Remember, it was I think last year there was a moment where the the reporters asked some pointed questions of uh, the two safeties, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, and they got pissed. So that's uh, why it's why you like to get that raw emotion. You like to get it fresh. You like to get them in there, and uh, you know it's I love the reporters that okay. ask okay. questions that piss people off. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, fine, thank you. All right, goats in a bad way. Chris, you're up. Um, 
I'm going to start with Tua on Sunday Night Football. Uh, th- th- that's that's going to take the cake for me. I mean, w- one, and I know it's not all on Tua, but you know, it's two weeks in a row of below average play. As we talked about, the 49ers game, you know, the final stats look okay, but, you know, the part of evaluating the quarterback is what was there to be had, and there was at least a 200 yards extra to be had. He could have broke the all-time record that day in passing yards. But last week, you know, hey, defensive game plan was good. Brandon Stanley, some of the stuff he did, but still couldn't be more off. I mean, again, even though I know there wasn't great separation, what we're used to with the Miami Dolphins receivers, some of the decisions and then throws that didn't even give the receivers a chance. I mean, he threw for 35% against a defense that's in the bottom half of football, and he has the greatest weapons in the game. I don't care what you say. And then the other thing added to it is, you know, the crazy thing with Tua, and I think this also speaks to why I still question it, the more time he has to throw, the worse he is. Why is that? Why? Because when McDaniel doesn't open up the RPO, whoa, he's wide open, boom, right here. Now it comes to Tua's got to be in the pocket and make throws and good decisions. And that he ain't that good at that. So, uh, that that to me was the guy that was been talking about the MVP has fallen apart the last two weeks, and he's going in a bad way for my first pick. Yeah, look, when you do the RPO and that first read is wide open, you don't have to sit there and say, is this guy open? Is this guy open? Is this guy open? Who do I throw to? Do I have enough time? All of the things that that you have to master if you're going to be a high-end quarterback that isn't just a guy who's running a great system that is suited to your skills. All right, Ed Donatel, Vikings defensive coordinator. They have had five straight games now of allowing 400 or more yards to the opposing offense. That is a franchise record. Congratulations. They are the first 10-3 and team in NFL history to have allowed more points than they have scored. The worst 10-3 and team, sort of, in the history of the entire National Football <laughs> League. Now, 10-3 and is not bad. You're amazing. What are you ever going to win? What are you going to do? Seriously, with that defense, what are you going to do? You rely upon maybe somebody makes a play with the game on the line. Ben, but don't break. Ben, but don't break. Well, they broke on Sunday, and they broke against the Cowboys, and they broke against the Eagles, and they're going to break at some point in the playoffs. When you play a great team, that you can, you can get by beating crap teams that way. You're not going to get by beating great teams. Great teams are going to kill you because you cannot stop them. You can't stop them. Yeah. So unless you're going to match them score for score, you have no chance. Ah, you're amazing. You're amazing. Let me carry the one. Let me see. Oh, oh that's right. And no, no, you're not. But it, you, every segment, I think you've accomplished to bring up the Vikings in a negative way throughout the show. No, I haven't. Uh, no, no. You no, left one segment out. Okay, fine. No. You made them one segment. One. Okay. One. We didn't talk about them in the opening segment. <laughs> All right. Yeah, remember. you're right. You're right. You avoided them in the opening segment. Okay. Uh, my next one is I, I got to go to the Raiders defense. The and and specifically, listen, the, just the the coaching and the management of the situation by Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator there, who I have great respect for. You know, I've said a lot of positive things, but here's just a thought. And this to me was one of the craziest things of the weekend. A guy doesn't know the offense. He's been there for 30 hours. He doesn't know the reads, the plays or anything. So then you're going to play a defense where, wait, we're going to blitz and he doesn't have to read or know the play and you're just going to play a one-on-one let me throw a fade. Let me throw a go route. I mean, that's the opposite of what you should do. I just was amazed by that situation, and it, uh, I just had to shed some spotlight on it. Should have been rush three. They couldn't block Max Crosby if they just rushed one, it didn't seem like. Rush three, drop eight, make him read the play and do it or execute an offense that he doesn't know how to execute. So that was crazy okay. to me, Mike. Sorry. All right. We got to take a break. I can't even make my pick. <laughs> you talk too much about the Vikings. I'll make my pick. We got to jam in three picks. Three, yeah, it's my fault. Three picks when PFT Live. Come on, be better, Mike. Come on. You're like the Vikings. All right, we're running out of time. We got three more picks to do. Real quickly, Mitch Trubisky off the bench, three interceptions. Three interceptions equals goat horns. Three interceptions, two goat horns. Mitch Trubisky, you're up, Chris. Yeah, good one. All right, I'm going to go with just the 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 Bucks defense, uh, just the the defensive line itself, the way they got obliterated in the run game versus the 49ers. You know they were going to rely on that with Brock Purdy. That was disappointing. 
Same game for me. And this is kind of goat carryover from last Monday night. Donovan Smith. You know why? Because they busted him on a play that would have tied the game. The long touchdown pass from Brady to Evans. Donovan Smith got popped for holding. Why, Chris? Because they'd been telling those officials all week long. No doubt about Watch it. Watch 76. Because the holding wasn't nearly as, as bad as the ones we saw. He was doing against right. the Saints on right. Monday night. Right. But they got him, and it took a touchdown off the board. It would have been 7 7, and who knows where it goes from there. We go out the door. Thanks for some of your time. Enjoy your day. See you tomorrow. See ya. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com.